It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Inside the Eagles with Jimmy Kemsky and Tommy Lawler right here on LibertyBroadcast.co. This is Jimmy Kemsky from Philly Voice. With me as always is Tommy Lawler from EaglesBlitz.com. How are you, Tommy? Doing great, Jimmy. How are you? It's uh, been a long time since we talked. Uh, it's, it has, at least on a podcast anyway. And well, formerly, yes. we, we, we had the Helmet to Helmet show, as, as some of our you know former listeners n- know all about. And now we're on the Liberty Broadcast Network, and our new podcast name is the Eagles Insider Podcast, which apparently is the same name as the the actual Philadelphia Eagles podcast. So, <laughs> so we'll be changing that soon. Do you have any suggestions off the top of your head there, Tommy? I don't know. I, you know what I say? I say uh, me, you, friend Duffy, Bo Wolf, Chris McPherson have sort of a street fight and see who gets to keep it. Well, they already had it. Maybe, or maybe we could like one up them. Maybe we can be like the the Eagles insider or the we're the Eagles insider rest. The Eagles insider. How about that? Right. So I don't just- know. Yeah, we'll we'll come up with something we'll, because God knows there's enough ways you can tweak the word Eagles or who knows? Maybe we can always go back to, to helmet to helmet for just for uh, old time's sake. All right. Well, well, we'll figure that out. Not to worry, but we're starting at kind of a weird time in the Eagle season. Obviously, it's after week 15, so we haven't been doing shows throughout the entire season. And the Eagles now, really for the first time all season, are really in a precarious situation where they do not control their own destiny to get into the playoffs. Obviously, uh, Dallas has a game up with them after last Sunday's, you know, really just uh, – debacle of a game in it, frankly. I mean, we're just a lot of weird things happening in that game with the opening kickoff kind of taking a, a weird, like they're not, the Eagles not fielding it, taking a weird bounce. Dallas recovering and up 7 nothing right away. And then they're down 21 nothing, and, you know, it just went from there. But uh, a big question that, maybe not a big question, but a question that's come up among Eagles fans is, do you even want the Eagles to get into the playoffs at this point without, you know, really sort of a legitimate uh, franchise quarterback and, and certainly a lot of holes throughout the entire roster. What, and I guess the logic there would be you get a slightly better draft pick. So, I mean, do you see any logic in that? Do you, like, do, would, would you, do, you, do you still want the Eagles to get in the playoffs? Heck yes, I want to get in the playoffs. You never know when your team is going to hit that run of bad luck due to injuries or crazy stuff happening, and you're going to go five, six, seven years missing the playoffs. I wrote about this the other day. The Buffalo Bills 
have not made the playoffs since 1999. Right. Think about that. You know, I mean, that's William Thomas was still an Eagles football player at that point. Uh, the Detroit Lions have made it once since 1999. So to me, you always want to go to the playoffs every chance you get, even if you're one and done for those three hours, you're one of the final 12 teams in the NFL. And there is a magic to playoff games I mean, last year when when Nick Foles left the field and the Eagles had the lead, it felt really good, didn't it? I mean, weren't you excited thinking, oh, my gosh, we got this young quarterback. He's got us the lead. Maybe this is the year that we're going to pull something magical and go win the Super Bowl. And even if those beliefs came crashing down just you know 20 minutes later, that was a golden feeling that some fans you know have no idea what you're talking about. So absolutely get me in there. Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, Alex Henry happened at that point in that game. But <laughs> you, you look at the draft. It, it is kind of interesting. I, I mean, my my biggest rebuttal, my rebuttal right off the bat would be, you know, really, what's the difference between picking it 20 or, you know, let's say they get bounced in the first round of the pick at like 24 or 25 or something like that. So, you know, like. I, I, well, yeah, I think what happens is there was a situation back in 2012 when the Eagles got off to a horrible start, or and even 2011. The Eagles were 4 and 8 in 2011. And the debate then was, do you want the Eagles to win the last four games, finish 8-8, eight and eight, and have right. a shot at the playoffs? Right. Or would you rather the Eagles go 6-10, and 5-11, and, and have pick number 10 or 12, or you know whatever that would be? And uh, so th- that was when you had maybe more of a legitimate discussion of, is it better because you're going to get a high pick versus, you know, you'd be picking at, at, at say, you know, pick 10 versus pick 20, uh, or pick 21, whatever it would be. So there, maybe you have a little bit of a, a you know an argument, but where we are, the Eagles are nine and five. You can't undo nine and five. We're right. going to be picking at eighteen or twenty. Why not make the playoffs and pick at twenty two or twenty three? You know, so well, I, I, I'm right there with you. Well, you know, there, there actually is sort of uh, an, an argument there where there can be a big difference in just even one draft spot, and even in like the the middle of the uh, first round. There, last year, the Eagles had targeted. You know, six specific guys: Anthony Barr from from UCLA, uh, Odell Beckham, uh, of course, who got drafted by the Giants. They both went early, so they they had no chance of getting those guys. And then they had a couple guys that went, you know, sort of to the upper middle part of the uh, first round, and C.J. Mosley and, and Kyle Fuller. Uh, those guys were gone. But then the the two guys that got really close to where the Eagles were picking at twenty two were uh, Brandon Cooks, who went twentieth to the Saints when the Saints traded up. And then the Packers, right before the Eagles grabbed Ha Ha Clinton Dix, the safety um, from Alabama, and the Eagles were sort of left without you know those six guys that they targeted, and they traded back a couple spots and wound up with Marcus Smith, and, and now everyone hates Marcus Smith because he's been pretty much irrelevant for his entirety for for, for the entirety of, of his rookie season. So I mean, I guess there is a slight argument, but do you really want to watch the Dallas Cowboys in the first round of the playoffs instead of the Eagles? And even if even if the Eagles and even if the Eagles aren't a team that's really built for a Super Bowl run at this point, I mean, you still want them in the playoffs instead of Dallas, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I'll tell you, I wrote about this the other day. I think there's value to making the playoffs. You know, I, I wrote the Seattle won a Super Bowl. It was their third playoff trip in four years. Uh, the year, a couple of years ago, Green Bay made it. I think it was their third trip in four years. Somebody else won a Super Bowl. It was their third trip in four years. So the point is that if you make the playoffs, rarely does a team go storming in and win the Super Bowl. There normally is a little development where you make the playoffs, you lose. You make the playoffs, you win a game, you lose. Right. Maybe the third, maybe that fourth year is when you break through and you go to the Super Bowl. 
And so you learn. And Chip Kelly's new to pro football. The, you know, Chip Kelly's only got 30 games as an NFL coach. Every game, every big game that he can go through helps him to grow as a coach. He's a smart enough guy. He's an analytical guy. He's going to look at his mistakes and say, you know, is there something I need to change? And playoff games, I think, are an invaluable uh, learning experience for coaches and players. So to me, there's real value in that. And the other thing is – Not to cut you off, but you can even just look at the Eagles in the Andy Reid era when they went in 2000 and they got bounced quickly by the Giants. Right. And then the next year, I mean, they went right to the NFC Championship game and nobody really gave them a chance against the Rams and they, they lost to the Rams and then they lost two more <laughs> NFC Championship games and then they eventually went to the Super Bowl, which as we know they lost. But yeah, I mean there, there was a there was a somewhat of a progression there as well. Uh, so right. I'm, it's, it's, not, it's not a point that I had thought of, but I think it's a good one. Yeah, absolutely. And and the other thing is just that uh, I think it, it does good for a coach. The more success he has, the more his ideas are going to be bought into by players who might otherwise have some questions about something. Right. You know, and so Chip, who, I mean, you know, the, when the Eagles go three and out and three and out, you get on Twitter and guys are going, I told you, the Kelly <laughs> offense does not work. Granted, these are these are angry fans. They're mad because Dallas is doing better than us. Seattle's doing better than us in a game, and they want to vent. But that little nugget is still in the back of their head. I told you, Kelly's offense, his ideas don't work. We got to do this. We got to do that. You know, and, and I wrote this the other day. If he makes it to the playoffs this year, that'll be two straight trips. In the last twelve years, Jeff Fisher has two playoff appearances, and Jeff Fisher is Mister NFL. Coached in the NFL, played in the NFL, worked for Buddy Ryan, worked for Bill Walsh. He's been a coach in the NFC, the AFC, you name it. He's, he's Mr. NFL. Committee. Yeah, he's always on the exactly. rules committee. Exactly. Yeah. He's, he's a respected guy with 6,000 freaking games under his belt. And in 12 years, he's got two playoff appearances, not even wins, appearances. And if Chip can manage to get the Eagles in this year, that's two for him in two years. So that goes to show you don't take this for granted. And, and it also goes to show you that if you can get a team to the playoffs – yeah, there's something to be said for that, man. It really is. Okay, now the follow-up question to that is where they stand right now. Do you think they'll get in? And, of course, I'll, I'll just I'll just lay it out real quickly what they need to happen. So the Eagles have to win out. they got, they got to beat the, the Redskins this week in, in Washington, and then they got to go on the road again and beat the Giants up in the Meadowlands. Uh, now, if they do win out, they would need Dallas, of course, to lose at least one of their games either against the Colts or against the dumpster fire Redskins. Uh, <laughs> the, the other way they can get in would be – to have the Lions lose each of their next two games, and that way the Eagles could get in as a wild card if Dallas did not falter. So let's start with start with the Eagles first. I mean, do do you think that they'll win out? I do. I do. The the, the Eagles have not lost. They got five losses this year, and every team they've lost to is seven and seven or better. Three of them are division leaders. One is San Francisco, who's always tough. And the other one is Seattle, who's the defending Super Bowl champions and maybe the hottest team in the NFL. So, in other words, the teams they've lost to are good teams. They're tough teams. I don't think you can describe either the Giants or the Skins as a good team or a tough team. And this Eagles team, while it's flawed, has enough firepower, enough talent, enough playmakers that I think that they're going to win these next two games. Yeah, they've definitely taken care of the garbage uh, that that they played this year. The, the one thing that I mean, I, however, like I'm a little bit less optimistic than than or or less certain that they're that they're going to even win against the the Redskins this week. 
Um, I mean, certainly I think the Eagles are going to win, but I'm less optimistic about it than, than, than many of the fans. And the reasons are pretty – they lead the league in turnovers. They give up big plays like they give out hand, Halloween candy. The Redskins have capable, capable big play receivers, you know, whether there's somebody that I can actually get them, get them the ball down the field or not, you know, it's, is another story, but they do have, you know, big time playmakers that, that can make plays. And the Eagles secondary, frankly, stinks. I mean, I, the, the, the first time that the, or, you know, the next time that the Eagles, an Eagles cornerback turns around and looks for the ball while it's in the air, will be the first time this season. Bradley Fletcher is just not good. Carrie Williams is, you know, just not playing well right now. And Nate Allen isn't good. And you know what? The quarterback, Mark Sanchez, you know, in my opinion, I think it's just simple. He's just not good. But there, there's an argument to be made that he's had a couple good games this year. But from my perspective, he's a guy that needs a lot of help. He, he needs the defense to be playing well, and he needs the running the running game to be playing well. And if, you know, either of those two things are not going well, then the Eagles will struggle to win games. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know that it's such a gimme that, you know, they're just going to walk into Washington and come out with a win, no matter oh. how dysfunctional that, that organization is right now. No way. No, no. I, and I don't believe that either. I don't think the Eagles can just show up and go, we're better and boom, magic 42 to seven win. No, don't get me wrong. Yep. No, I'm uh, with you. The Eagles won the first game 34 to 28 and at one point trailed 17 to nothing, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, you know, that was the game where the Eagles had. Yeah, well, they had the offensive linemen get injured, and then, yeah, Jason Peters got ejected. So the Eagles finished that game with, you know, a ragtag bunch of guys up there playing offensive line, and Foles and Jordan Matthews still managed to com- connect a couple of times, and, you know, they did just enough to win that game. But, uh, uh, you know, it's it still, again, it was it was an ugly game, you know, and, and that's when the Skins had some confidence. So the Skins don't have a lot of confidence now, but, these these last couple of games are you know for for them are, are games that some of those young guys are going to be playing for jobs. Some of their veterans are high character guys. Ryan Kerrigan's not going to take plays off. You know he's a tough guy. He wants to show what he can do. Trent Williams, tough guy, he wants to show what he can do. You know they they've got some 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 good players on that team. They've definitely got a lot of talent. You're never going to see Pierre Garcon being lazy. I mean that's a that's a tough receiver. So Obviously football team that definitely has some pieces. That's why. What's that? I said Deshaun Jackson is never going to take a playoff. Oh, I'm not going to comment on that. <laughs> uh, but, you know, early in the, before the season, the, the Skins were the team that scared me more than anybody else in the NFC East because of the firepower they had. When their good pieces play well, I think they've got something. The problem is they just can't seem to get those guys to do it. They've been unhealthy. They have a quarterback issues, blah, blah, blah. So the Eagles should win. But, again, again, I don't think this is going to be some cakewalk. No, no way. I, the, the Eagles are too flawed, and the Skins have enough good players that they'll make it a competitive game. And it'll be one of those things the Eagles fans, I don't think, will be able to rack still about the three-minute mark. Now, uh, we're probably in agreement here, too, that you know the next game is the tougher one. Like The, the, the Giants will be a tougher game, of course, than, than the Redskins. You, are we in agreement there? Uh, yeah, exactly, because Coughlin is still uh, a good coach. And, you know, we can say he's not the right coach and he hasn't done a good job this year, but he still is a smart guy with a great background, and he can still have one of those games where he makes the most out of his players. Eli can still be a good quarterback. He's a veteran quarterback, knows what he's doing. There still is something there. With the Redskins, there's not something there. There's some pieces, but nothing, not a cohesive unit. The Giants still have that little bits of the teams that have been successful in the past there. And when they come together and play well, you see that against some teams, you're like, oh, there's something 
you know, those guys have something to build upon, and then they go play somebody good, they get embarrassed, and you're like, yeah, they need to rebuild it. So, But the Giants, because of Coughlin, because of Eli, and the other thing, in my mind, that's going to be their Super Bowl. They, they have a chance to knock the Eagles out of the playoffs, and we shut them out the first time around. They're going to play with a lot of passion, a lot of pride, and you know, or, hey, listen, it's possible that they'll mentally check out. We saw the Eagles do that in 2012. He got embarrassed by the Giants, forty-two to seven. Yeah, but I tend to think the Giants are going to be in a different situation as long as Coughlin. Well, I don't know. No matter what they say about Coughlin, I still think the team will play for that guy. With Reed about to be fired, the Eagles have kind of mentally checked out. And two thousand. Sorry, go ahead. Continue. I was just to say, if Coughlin, you know, if it comes out that that's his final game, they may be even more fired up to say goodbye to their guy. I don't know. I, I don't have a good feel for the Giants' mentality and personality. They are such a strange team, but uh, I, I just I, I think that's going to be a tough game. I really do. Yeah, and we 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 saw up two points here. We saw that the Giants, oh, we saw the Eagles rather, you know, just spank a team earlier this year in the Cowboys, and then Cowboys came in and came out and kind of spanked them around a little bit. And then you know you have a game coming up where the Eagles kind of spank the Giants. So just because you spank someone early in the year doesn't mean you can't get spanked uh, a little bit later down the season. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, the Eagles aside, if the Eagles are able to win out, they need they need help now from from either the Colts or the aforementioned Redskins to take care of the Cowboys. So I think everyone kind of has all their uh, chips in the middle of the table on the uh, on the Colts here. Um, personally, I think the Colts are sort of an uh, sort of an overrated team. Uh, I, don't, I don't really think that their record is, um, you know, I don't think I don't think that the talent level of their team really matches their record, and the biggest reason why for me is because of that division that they play in, where they get the Jaguars twice a year, they get the Titans twice a year. Both of those teams, in my opinion, are clearly bottom five type NFL teams, and then you have the Texans, who, eh, they're okay. They they have some nice pieces on defense, but you know, just really sort of an average team. So they get those three teams every year, and they're able to just capitalize on that, and. The other point here to be made, too, is the Colts are right now the three seed if the season were to end today. They are behind both the Broncos and the Patriots. Now, the Patriots and the Broncos would have to lose both of their next two games, and the Colts would have to win out. Now, the, Col- the Patriots and, and Broncos are only a game ahead of, uh, of the Colts, but the Colts lost to each of them. So if they tied them at the end of the season uh, record-wise, then they'd lose out on that, um, on, on that tiebreaker. So it's pretty unrealistic for the Colts to think that they're going to get a, a, a first-round bye because they'll need either one of those two really good teams to lose you know, each of their next two games. And for me, um, you know, technically they could lose the three seed and wind up being the four seed. But personally, I don't think there's really any difference whatsoever between the three seed and the four seed. It changes maybe who you play in the first round, but I don't, I think that's kind of negligible in the AFC. You're either probably going to get the Ravens or the Steelers and you don't even know where either of those two, two teams is going to wind up anyway. So is there maybe a risk, not a risk, but is there maybe anything to the Colts maybe not having a ton to play for now? Obviously they're not going to, they're not going to, like sit Andrew Luck or anything like that. But do you think that there's anything to that where they're, they're not going to kind of go all out like they normally might? No, I, I really don't. I don't think the average player thinks in those terms. And I especially think with a coach like Chuck Pagano, who's an emotional fiery coach and a quarterback like Andrew Luck, who's a very grounded quarterback. I don't think you're going to see that team come out and show any signs of complacency 
or play with anything less than 100%. Uh, you know, to me, that would be more like a veteran football team that had had success for a while and it kind of got numb to success. Uh, maybe like the Atlanta Falcons in the last couple of years, you know, they had had five straight winning years. Maybe those guys became a little numb to success. Um, I, heck, I don't know. Maybe you could point at some Eagles teams in the past when the Eagles yeah. had won a bunch of years in a row. Yep. Uh, maybe a Giants team that had a bunch of years, something like that, where you had a bunch of veteran players that have been through it. But Indianapolis has been cycling players in and out the last few years. They rebuild that roster. And I don't think they have a lot of guys as they certainly don't have a lot of Super Bowl winners. So I think they're still going to want to come out and play hard, win as many games as possible. And just that's kind of the, the way they are. And again, Pagano is a bit of a fiery, emotional guy. At least that's the way I see him. And uh, so, yeah, I think they'll come out and they'll play hard. Plus, I think for whatever reason, I think most people hate the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> okay. And, and I think I think people want to beat the Dallas Cowboys. I think the average kid growing up, he doesn't really give two flips about the Philadelphia Eagles. Let's just, you know, a guy from, uh, you know, uh, Wichita, Kansas or Mobile, Alabama or Cedar Rapids, Iowa. He doesn't really care about the Philadelphia Eagles per se. But he either likes the Dallas Cowboys because his brother likes him, his uncle likes him, a teacher likes him, or he hates the Dallas Cowboys for the exact same reason. There's somebody he knows that likes Dallas and he hates them. And I just think a lot of people, you know, they want to play well against Dallas. That's sort of a marked team. So, uh, you know, I think they'll come out and they'll play best. Now, as you said, Indianapolis is a bizarre, flawed team that when you overrate them, uh, some people want to overrate them, some people want to underrate them. I don't. They're all over the place. They are yeah. very tough to figure out because just I mean, you watch them get down to a good team, twenty-one nothing, twenty-four three. They come storming back and sometimes win that game, and you're like, how does that happen? Oh, the playoff game against the Chiefs last year was crazy. Oh, my- yeah, but he, he's done it multiple times, and just he's like it's like he's at his best when they're down three touchdowns. Yeah, and so I I'm not really sure what's going on with that that team. That's a strange team. I don't know what to think of them. But I do they know beat, that they beat really good teams and they lose to really bad ones. You know, that's a good way to look at it. Yeah, it's like they they sort of adjust to the occasion. They play yeah. to the the enemy. And Dallas is a winning team. They're the first place in, in NFC East and. That may bring out the best of the Colts, regardless of the circumstances of the game. So, you know, hey, listen, they got Andrew Luck. He's a playmaking quarterback. They've got some some playmakers, and we know the Dallas defense sucks. If you rewatch the Eagles Dallas game, you know Dallas had some good moments, but Philadelphia still put up twenty seven points on those guys, and that was a flawed offensive performance. Twenty seven points. So, the Colts should score some serious points. Well, you know, and like in the in, in the Steelers game, the Colts were down huge. And he led them right back to where they were within six points of the Steelers. And then the Steelers w- went on another run and uh, ended up blowing them out. But, you know, Luck is never out of a game. He's just one of those crazy quarterbacks that is comfortable being down 20 and 30 points. He's okay with it. So, um, yeah, I, I think the Colts are going to be tough. But the other thing I want to point out, don't count out the skins in yeah, the season finale. I was just going to ask you. I mean, I think most people – are kind of looking at the game the same way that they're looking at the Eagles going to Washington and and just expect them to kind of roll all over them. I don't think anyone's given the Redskins any chance to beat the Cowboys either. Do you see it differently? Well, here's what I say. You know, like the Arizona Cardinals seem to bring out the worst in the the Eagles almost every time they play. You will, you, you see a, a, the Cardinals with a horrible rookie quarterback go beat the Eagles with a veteran team that's healthy. You see the Eagles lose at home and away. Players make mistakes they've never made before. Just weird things happen. The Cardinals bring out the worst in us. 
the Redskins have that same effect on Dallas. We've seen some really ugly games where Dallas is clearly the better team, infinitely more talent, and they're winning 13-10. to 10. They're losing 14-13. to 13. Romo throws a, a bad interception late or something weird happens. Washington brings out the worst in Dallas. So Dallas, there's no question they're better. They, on paper, they should wipe the field with them. But watch out because that's a weird rivalry. And, and again, Dallas – they play their worst against the Redskins a lot of times, and uh, we saw that in the first game. Yeah, the Redskins beat them already this year. Colt McCoy looked freaking fantastic. <laughs> Colt McCoy. Right. So that's all you got to know. That's all you got to know right there. And then and then we'll just touch on the Lions real quick because, like I said, if the Lions lose each of their next two games and Dallas does not and the Eagles take care of their business, then the Eagles could wind up with a wild card. And the Lions – Week 17, we'll skip to week 17. They, they play in Green Bay. So if that means anything at all to Green Bay, I think most people would kind of pencil on a W for Green Bay there. Although, again, the Lions beat them earlier this year. But in week 16, the Lions take on the <laughs> the just recently benched Jay Cutler. And instead, they'll be facing the legendary Jimmy Clausen. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have any, uh, any faith in Jimmy Clausen? Wow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Can we get a time machine back to when he was in high school? I mean, <laughs> guy was a freaking, you know, he was Matt Barkley. He was a star in Southern California. Goes they to kinda, college. They kind of look alike, actually. Jimmy yeah. And, and they're both good college quarterbacks that neither became the great college quarterback that was expected. And obviously neither one of them has had much luck in the NFL to this point. But, uh, I, you know, the Bears, man, that's a, that defense. Cutler was a, a major problem, no question. That defense you know, the, is trash. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, Mel Tucker did some good things running the defense in Jacksonville for a couple of years, but he's gotten to Chicago, and they've lost some talent. But it's like his ideas all of a sudden magically make no sense, and they're not executing well. It's a rivalry game because it's a division game. So never say never, but, boy, try to expect Chicago to pull off an upset. Who knows? I mean, Clawson has some magic in him, but... You know, no Brandon Marshall, no Jake Cutler, uh, no Lance Briggs, no Brian Urlacher, no, uh, you know, Dick Butkus, no Richard Dent. I don't know, man. I, I, I'm I, not feeling it there. But again, what, what we have to do is just hope for the magic of a division rival game and anything can happen in a division rivalry game. How dare you doubt Jimmy Clausen? <laughs> How dare you, sir? Okay, so that brings us to... Let's say the Eagles don't get the help that they need, and they do win out. They they, they quote unquote take care of business, even though, they, even though they, they didn't take care of business last week. They wound up going eleven and five. They don't get in. Will you be upset that they don't get in, and one of those, you know, garbage teams from the NFC South does? I won't be upset per se. I'll be disappointed uh, because it's like eleven and five. It feels like you should always be a playoff team. But New England in 2008 went 11-5 and and missed the playoffs. Uh, I think it's happened before then, but I, I don't know the specifics. Uh, that's the one I know for a fact. Uh, you know, listen, we, we know the system, and the system has, has given the Eagles a shot at the playoffs before when they were a lesser team. We thought that and, would happen this year. Like, if, if you said the Eagles are going to be 11-5 and this year, you, you just put them in pen in the, for winning the division like with, with oh. those other three teams in, in the NFC East. Yeah, bet a couple mortgage payments on that stuff for sure, no question. <laughs> right, right. And so I listen, I thought Chip Kelly summed it up great. Listen, if we go eleven and five and we miss the playoffs, shame on us for not winning 
we have the games we should have. Yeah. And that's exactly, you know, people can hem and haw and say what they want about the division, but, you know, listen, when the Eagles have won the division with a weak record, I'd have to go back and look. Was there a better team? You know, back in 2008, the Eagles went 9-6-1. Yeah, 9-6-1, yeah. We went to the playoffs. So again, England, New England Patriots that year were 11-5. Now they're an AFC, but still, the point is, two more wins than the Eagles, and yet, you yeah, know. Didn't get it. That, that was, that, what was that, the Matt Castle team? Exactly. And uh, there the Eagles came within, uh, you know, hey, hey, what a drive, a play here, a play there. I'm going to the Super Bowl. Yeah. So, you know, listen, it's the, the system is what it is, and you just have to deal with it. I, so, yeah, I won't be upset. Again, I'll be a little disappointed, but I'm not going to suddenly say, oh, the NFL's got to make changes and I hate the New Orleans Saints and Carolina Panthers, blah, blah, you know. It's just, uh, I, I guess maybe because the Eagles have made the playoffs in recent years, it won't devastate me. If this was the first time the Eagles have been good in a long time, like say the Buffalo Bills were in a situation. Say they went 11-5 and five and missed the playoffs. Right. Right. Oh, wow. Then you would be, that's when you would be literally like thinking, let's go, this is killing spray time. You know, that's when you're like angry, you know. But for me, I wouldn't be overly upset. What about yourself? Is that something that would get to you or are you no, about the same I'm, as me? I'm with you too. I mean, you you, you make, you know, I mean, the, the Eagles had plenty of opportunities to to win the games that, that they lost and they should have won, they should have won some of those games. So I, I'm, I'm, Totally with the way Chip Kelly put it, like if they needed to be twelve and four and and were only twelve and five, and you, shame on them. They, they they should have been better this year. And, and this isn't like you know in college football we've seen this where in the old days Penn State would uh, not get a chance to play for a national championship because maybe two teams would be in the Orange Bowl locked in uh, or the Sugar Bowl locked in or something like that. And uh, or we've seen other times when smaller schools like Boise State or TCU didn't get a chance to play for a championship. You know, they didn't control their own destiny. Well, hey, listen, the Eagles played Green Bay. They played Seattle. They played Arizona and on and on. They had a chance to beat these teams. Hell, if they had just taken care of business on Sunday night and instead that, you know, just a, a, a crappy performance, yep. mistakes left and right. So, yeah, if they get in, that's great. Take advantage of it. But if they don't, don't start blaming the system. Don't hate the Carolina Panthers or uh, – Saints or whoever makes it for that division, look in the mirror and say, you know, you should have played better. You should have made less mistakes, and you know, you got what you deserved. All right. So one just one just quick question. Um, maybe, maybe I mean, you could probably make a really long answer out of this before we wrap it up here. But if they wind up going eleven and five and and don't make the playoffs, do you consider this season a like? Do you, do you consider the season a failure? Oh man, I hate black and white stuff like that. <laughs> uh, you don't. You don't have to answer it in black and white. No, I wouldn't say failure. I don't think that's the right word because, you know, this is something else I wrote about uh, a few times in recent weeks is when a coach takes over a football team, it takes time to build. Pete Carroll did not go to the Super Bowl until his fourth or fifth year in Seattle. Uh, for Sean Payton with the, the Saints, it was year four. Uh, McCarthy in Green Bay was year four as well, I believe. I could be wrong on it, but I think it was the fourth year. It takes time for a coach to get his system in, into place, his players into place, and a lot of times the key is it takes the quarterback a couple of years of experience in a system and playing a lot you know, on the field to get adjusted to the system to be ready to win those tough situations in big games. So it takes time to build a champion. You don't do it overnight. The fact the Eagles and Chip Kelly went from 
four and twelve to ten and six last year. It's a, that's a bit of a miracle. It really is. And then uh, this year, to uh, you know, to, to do what they've done, if they go eleven and five or ten and six, that's another winning season, and they've taken another step toward doing what they want to do. The results overall may not show, but we've seen the growth in the front seven on the defense. You know, so there's something that, that's that's happened that you, where you can see progress. Now you've got to fix the secondary, but you you know the front seven looks so much different now than it did last year. Connor Barwin wasn't getting talked about as a Pro Bowler last year. Brandon Graham wasn't talking about getting a contract extension and making plays left and right last year. Vinnie Curry didn't have nine sacks and four forced fumbles. Like so, you've seen progress. So to call it a failure, no, because I never from day one thought this was a Super Bowl team. I thought it was too flawed. I expected they would win 10 or 11 games. I thought they'd win the NFC East, but I thought they'd go to the playoffs one or two games. That's it. I just did not see a Super Bowl-type team. Yeah, I'm kind of with you there. And it's actually kind of um, – to think of it as if the, the Eagles – let's say the Eagles won eight games last year. I don't think anyone would have been terribly pissed off if if they had won eight games, depending on how they won and lost those games. Uh, because at least it's – you know they, they doubled their win output from, from the previous year. And then I, I think if they had gone like eight and eight, and then they go from eight and eight to eleven and five this year, I don't think the season would be looked at as a failure at all. But I think the success that they had last year sort of raised those expectations, and people are going to see this team as a team that did not go to the playoffs, whereas the team the year before did, and they'll look at it as maybe a, as a step back. Do you think it's a step back in any way? Or obviously, you just kind of answered that where you said that they did make progress. Um, but the the big standout for me is that. Last offseason, you know, the big question, at least, um, you know, the big question mark on that team heading into heading into last season, rather, was quarterback. And then Nick Foles throws 27 touchdowns, two interceptions. And it was like, OK, well, they don't have to address the quarterback position so urgently now. They can sort of address er- other areas of the team. And that'll be different this offseason, where this offseason, they certainly will be looking for a quarterback if, if they can get their hands on one. Um, there are never any available in free agency. And uh, but so, you know, it would more than likely have to come to the draft or, or some kind of trade or something like that. But um yeah, I mean, I think that's the big difference between what'll be, you know, this off season and what what it was last off season. But I think what we found out this year is that they don't have a franchise quarterback. And although we already kind of knew that there were holes in in other parts of the of the, of the team, most notably, in my opinion, the defensive secondary, uh, those holes have to be cleaned up big time, in, in my opinion, obviously. And we, and, and we just saw a team this season that while it does have some really nice moving parts. They are very flawed, and I agree that they are not a Super Bowl team at this point. Yeah, but here's what I'll say. Again, if you love the game of football, just beyond the Eagles, it's fun to study how teams get built over time and the moves they make and the way they ascend to the top because nobody just has a Super Bowl team right out of the gate. It takes time to get those pieces. Even when Jimmy Johnson built the Dallas Cowboys, he saw a handful of players from Tom Landry's uh, group that was that were key to winning the Super Bowl. So, you know, it's it, it, it takes time to build those pieces and solve problems. The Eagles had major special teams questions last year. Right now, I still think, despite the kickoff blunder the other night, in my mind, I still think the Eagles have the best group of special teams in, in the NFL. And I saw something you could say last year. I think the Eagles have a very good front seven, one of the better front sevens in the NFL. I'm not sure you could have said that a year ago. 
Right. No, uh, not even close. Not, no, not last year. No way. <laughs> yeah. Jeremy Macklin, if they can re-sign him, you've solved your number one wide receiver sort of issue for a while. Uh, you know, there, there's been steps in a lot of different areas. So, but again, the, the, the two problems they have are such key problems that that's what, that's what gets you intimidated because quarterback and cornerback are crucial positions to winning in the NFL these days. Yeah, and right now the Eagles have no cornerbacks that we that we trust, and Nick Foles, while we still may have some hanging on a little bit to the twenty-seven to two stuff, uh, the way he played this year, you just got as many questions as you do anything else. So yeah, yeah, yeah you're right. I mean, th- those are two key areas, and the Eagles have to solve those areas to win a Super Bowl or to become a Super Bowl type team. Could Nick Foles in year three in a system be the answer? Maybe, because I'll tell you, and I, again, it's something else I've read about. Drew Brees was an up-and-down player early on in his career. You know, he didn't really have a breakthrough until 2004. And so that was, I think, his third or fourth year as a starter. So Foles, we got to remember now, you know, heck, at this point, he doesn't even have what, – what, how many does he have? Uh, 25 NFL starts? A season and a half, something like that. Something like he had, that. He had six his first year, at ten last year. That's sixteen, and so he's like twenty four, twenty five NFL starts in his career. You know, so there. You know, let's not close the book on him, but he still is very much a question mark. So you know, again, there's a lot to be happy about with the Eagles. This is a team that's in good shape, but they've got two key areas that need to be addressed: corner and quarterback. And th- those things have to be solved, and safety as well. But that's no, so few teams have good safeties that you know solving safety is a hard for every team. So yeah, safety, uh, the, the safety is a is a the safety position has become an epidemic in the NFL. I'm not sure there's 40, <laughs> 40 good safeties in the NFL, thirty good safety. You know, you name it, whatever. The, it's just the Eagles have one in Malcolm Jenkins, and beyond that, we just got to do a lot of hoping. But uh, yeah. they've got to figure out what they want to do at corner uh, a quarterback. And now it might be sticking with Nick Foles for another year. I know that's not going to make everybody happy, but if there's not a better option, do you, do you make a change for the hell of it? I don't know. We'll address that in the offseason. And then cornerback, clearly they need to upgrade, but there's still a, there's a lot of good stuff going on with this team, and there's there's plenty of reason to be happy. There's just still serious issues to be solved. There's no disputing that. All right, well, we'll wrap it up here. This was, of course, the first episode of the soon-to-be-renamed Jimmy Kemsky and Tommy Lawler podcast on the Liberty Broadcast Network. In, yeah. and wait a minute, it, how does Inside the Eagles Helmet to Helmet Insider? <laughs> uh, we'll work on. We'll work on it. We'll work on it. He's Tommy. I'm Jimmy. Have a good night or day, Thanks. or depending on whenever you listen to this. Okay, goodbye. You've been listening to Inside the Eagles right here on LibertyBroadcast.co.